Hello and welcome to Weekend Rental, the podcast where we discuss video games, geek culture, and just anything that comes to mind. Uh, this is episode number 11. My name is Ryan, and with me we've got Andy. Hello. And Justin. Hey, everyone. All right, let's get into it. There's a, there's a lot of stuff out right now. Um, TV, movies, games, what is everyone, uh, what's everyone been uh, jumping into? Well, I can follow up a little bit from our last episode. Uh, you went uh, into a deep dive with Super Mario Odyssey, and I finally was able to play quite a bit of it. I uh, hit the credits and kind of working on the post-game uh, aspect of that game. Seems like there's a lot there, uh, but I actually kind of feel like I dropped it a little bit. But yeah, overall, love it. It's a, it's pretty amazing game i think uh but i will be i will warn you that after a while all the moons there's so many of them that it it almost feels like it's the korok seeds in breath of the wild they're much more um detailed the puzzles are you know a lot a lot uh, more interesting than the korok ones but overall it's the same type of thing where you notice some it's like, well, that's not right, or it's out of place, so there's got to be a moon there. Sure enough, it's a moon. So it's a lot of that. Um, so that could probably get old uh, if you're going for, what, 900 in some of these moons? <laughs> yeah, it's like they try to add longevity by putting in like a huge collectathon, which I don't know that that's for me. I, I mean, I didn't do the Korok seed thing, and I probably am not going to hunt down any more moons in, in the game, I guess. Yeah. I do see why this this game gets amazing praise from a certain generation of people. If you uh, beat the game, you probably know what I'm talking about, but there's some references in there where if you were a big fan of a previous Mario game, you would go absolutely bananas for, for what's in that game at the end. And if you're like me and you feel that that's one of the worst Mario games, (laughs) it's a slap in the face. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I stand by, I mean, I was, I, I was harsh on it last time. I mean, I stand by, I agree with you. It's a fantastic, super fun, super cute game that, you know, you, as you're playing, it, it's hard not to have a smile on your face, especially like the first couple of times you possess something. Uh, but I just, it did not connect with me in the way that it, it, it seems to have with the majority of the people out there. I mean, I like it a lot, but I'm, I'm done with it, I guess. And I, I mean, I didn't play too much past past the ending credits i mean here or there i'll put it in and like collect a moon but it's mostly just for my kids to enjoy now yeah i think i'm in the same spot as you for sure i don't think i'm gonna get to that next this that next area it's just too many moons away i did hear though is that did you know that they managed to cram that in at like under six gigs that entire game that is that is crazy that's like some technical wizardry when you think about that i mean that's incredible it must be like just basically lack of, you know, really high res textures or, you know, really detailed textures because it's a lot yeah. of just colored surfaces, you know, with lighting on them, yep. I guess. What did you think about um, the Cook Kingdom or whatever? That one Where was a little. Food. Yeah, it was a little weird. I mean, just the 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 color palette to everything. Yeah, was I was going to say, weird. I didn't. I didn't get to it last time because I was ranting about other things, but it really bothered me that 
the lava balls were swimming in Pepto-Bismol. Like that made no <laughs> sense to my brain. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's supposed to be uh, actual lava. Yeah. yeah, lava comes from lava. What the hell? Yeah. I will say like every level, if you're just playing, you know, the bare minimum and getting the bare minimum amount of moons all the way to the end, I think that would be the perfect way to play that game just because it, you get that new mechanic. There's usually like one or two enemies in each level that have kind of a new mechanic or twist to them that you possess and you use them to, you know, traverse puzzles and it keeps things really fresh. Um, But if you spend too much time in the level, like really trying to get every moon with that one, that one uh, enemy, it, I think it gets pretty old after a while. Yeah. And that's kind of how I played it. I mean, I, I hung around a couple areas more, but I mostly just moved through. I think I'd agree with you. It, uh, you know, and like we said last time, you know, there are just a couple locations that just flat out are not very interesting in general. Yeah. But it is cool that like once you complete the game, those areas get new elements. So it it makes it worth going back and exploring, I guess. Right. Yep. Exactly. Um, So you've been playing Switch, though, a different game. Yeah, I did. I picked up Doom. I just. I I own Doom for the PS4 um, from like a Black Friday ago, I think. Last Black Friday was a 15 bucks or 10. It's still shrink wrapped. I never got around to it. Um, so when I saw it for the Switch, I just I had to grab it. I just I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like I, I know it's still an amazing game, even though it's been downgraded to be on the Switch and all the reviews have been pretty solid. Um, and more so, I just really wanted to support a third party dev like taking the time to put out something like that on the Switch. Because, you know, if we don't support those games with our money, we're not going to keep getting them and we're going to keep getting ports of like mobile games. But um, yeah, Doom is uh, again, I've, I I know it looks better, but it on other platforms on every other platform, but it plays amazingly smooth on the switch. Um, everybody gets hung up on the 30 frames a second, but I don't know. It still feels buttery smooth and quick. Uh, the visuals are really good. And I a lot of people say it's ugly on the TV and to really enjoy it, you got to play it on the handheld. Um, but I, I just played on the TV um, and I want to use my pro controller and I think it looks great. It's, it's an awesome game. I mean, I wish I had played it before now, honestly, I think what I'm going to do is go through it on the switch and then check it out on the PS4 um, and play through it again, or at least part of it. But yeah, man, that game is awesome. Like it's just constant run and gun, like sensory overload and excellent. I mean, and that's the thing too, is like the graphics might be downgraded on the switch, but you are never going to stop moving to really fully appreciate them. So in the end, it doesn't matter only, you know, once or twice during like a glory kill or whatever they call them. Is that what it's called when you're apart? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Then like occasionally you'll be like, okay, that looks a little ugly, but I mean, that's what half a second and you're moving on. So, right. Yeah, and like you said, like you're just you're almost constantly just running away from enemies because they're constantly in your face that whole game. So, yeah. and I was yeah. a big fan of Doom Three, and like I got really annoyed as you progressed in that game about you know how it kind of became the monster closet scenario where you'd walk into a small room and a bunch of shit would fall down or doors would open, and like they definitely, I mean, there's more compartment, it's compartmentalized, but there's more open space in this one. Um, so it really, uh, it, it's awesome. It's a great game. Yeah. I wish the cartridge was red, though. That's my only complaint. <laughs> and the price. I mean, 60 kind of a technical marvel that they pulled Doom off on the Switch and that it's still Doom. But 
40 would have been the right price. Right. Even 50. It's going to be $10. Yeah. Right. Just not a full 60. It kind of sucks. I'll get my money's worth out of it. Yeah. I mean, that's cool too, because, you know, most people probably have played Doom on other systems already. So to get the Switch version and be able to play it the first time, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's kind of like nothing is really, you know, it's all new. I'm not sitting there judging it. I'm just enjoying the game for what it is, which is great. And we played, um, another shooter of a different kind together uh got to get our families together and hang out at uh andy's house and i finally got to play that ride in two cabinet with you yeah is your wrist uh still in a cast or not yeah i'm not gonna lie my arm hurt for two days from just we played so we to put this in context we played through the entire game in one go um, because you know when you don't have to rebuild quarters you're gonna do that and just like you said, the constant pressing of that shoot button, like my hand and my arm and my elbow are just, were just so sore for a good two <laughs> days. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and it doesn't help. Like I'm one of those people when I'm playing an arcade cabinet, like I'm tensing up too. And like, uh, you know, the hectic moments. So that, that made it even worse, man. What a game that is a fantastic shooter. I mean, it's so it's so much better than the first one. Like I, I, I don't know that I'd really played to that much, but I like the first, Riding and uh, that one number two is I don't know double the game almost. It feels so much more thought out and put together, and there's like the enemy designs a lot better. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, I still play it quite a bit when I can, but like you said, I can't do it too often otherwise it'll ruin my career. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, get those kids trained in We're pressing <laughs> those buttons. Yeah, and then we played um, what was the racing track track mania right? Yeah. Yeah. Trackmania. You've been playing more of that too. Yep. Trackmania Turbo is uh, the free game of the month on Xbox One. And it doesn't seem like, even if it's free, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are playing it, <laughs> which is totally my experience with Trackmania because I played a lot of that game on the PC. And, you know, they marketed it as a big game, put it on E3, everything like that. And, you'd go on the online servers and there was maybe like one server that had 30 people in and everybody else was every, all the other servers were just empty. Basically the whole game is like, uh, just crazy courses, you know, doing loops and a whole bunch of stuff, uh, in these cars. And it's all about like drifting and getting time. It's basically trying to get the best time that you can out of it. They're really short, maybe like 30, 40 seconds. So it's almost like a trials HD style of game where you're just trying to like perfect it and if you don't get something like if you don't hit the first corner right you just restart right away yeah it even had that reset button that i always get mad at accidentally bumping in trials oh yeah like you press b and it resets your run and you're like damn it i didn't mean to bump that <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah i'm having fun with it uh right now i think i'm in the top 400 <laughs> of all players in minnesota so like, obviously, there's not a lot of people playing that game when it's free for how many millions of Xbox Gold members, you know? It's a little crazy. I yeah. think I got to maybe the fifth fifth set of tracks in the solo campaign. Uh, I got the achievement, and it, you know, it says, oh, it's this is a rare achievement. Like, 3% of people have hit it. <laughs> it's like, Wow. <laughs> wow. So there's no longevity. People don't stick with that one, huh? No, no, not not much at all. It seems like a really cool package, though. Like in you know watching our kids playing and playing a little bit. Like I, 
don't know. I'm interested enough that I'll probably pick up the game. Yeah. The only thing annoying I don't like about it is uh, I've yet to play it online because when you try and play online, it requires a Uplay account. And oh, it's the worst. And then you have to sign up for all that. And I couldn't remember mine. And eventually I just was like, forget it because it wasn't sending like the reset password email and all that junk. So like I can't really play online with it. And I mean, that's that's a shitty thing anyway. I mean, you're already paying online for Xbox. Why am I having to, you know, log into this other thing? Yeah, I remember running into that Uplay stuff a lot. I just couldn't stand it. I don't want to create another profile, and that's terrible. That's just the Ubisoft thing, isn't it? Uplay? Yeah. Yeah, and I think they canned it now, didn't they? Like, they don't still push it, do they? Well, it's called, like, UB Club or something now. At least in Trackmania, that's what it is. But, I mean, it's it's the same thing. It's your Uplay account, so I don't... I think they pushed that quite a bit for uh, those Assassin's Creed games. Oh, yeah, I suppose. But none of them were, like, required online, right, on the console? No, you just need to sign in, and then you can play online. I think it was only the one that was online, though. Um, Okay. The one game. But, yeah, you had to sign in, otherwise you couldn't go online, pretty sure. Because I had that same issue with when I was trying to go online with that game. Did Ubisoft do Steep? Is that? Yep. Because I that's the last game I had to create a profile for. I remember because it's always online, and yeah, it was super annoying. I'm sure I can't remember it now. The only thing a bum about this is like the Trackmania, the old Trackmania on the PC is just kind of like a hack job because you like you could run your own server with that thing, and you would like load in like all these really effed up like monstrosities that people were creating for tracks. <laughs> And then, like, you put your own, like, music in there, and it was, like, you know, you're, like, there's, like, 30 people in ghost cars just, like, doing donuts to share, you know? It's. (laughs) Nice. Just not the same. Sounds kind of amazing. (laughs) Sounds like an interesting game. I I like the Trials games. Yeah. I've just been debating, is it worth activating my Xbox Live to get it? Cause I won't keep it going. So I think what I might do is just wait because I know they put that out on a physical disc like a year ago and it was 30 bucks then. So I got to imagine I can find that track mania game for like 10 or 15 somewhere. I bet a black Friday will be that somewhere. Yeah. If I can find it, I haven't seen it in the store in a while, but not that I've been looking at Yeah. How's world war two, Justin. I, I like it. Um, they've had some server issues cause they added, um, I, I believe it's because they added like a, I don't know, like a social area, kind of like how Destiny has it, where they have the tower. Oh, I heard that, and like it wasn't quite working, so they're just like randomly throwing people on the beach. <laughs> yeah, so they have like this little area that it's supposed to be like a lobby, and a bunch of people show up there, and they can watch you like open the cosmetic supply drops, or shoot at the gun range, or um, just all the different stuff you can actually there's a couple like i don't know um you can find the ball it's from like i don't know rugby i suppose or something but they're hidden and you can get them and play catch and stuff it's kind of kind of interesting but i think you can play like old atari games on there in there too right you can yep activision games um atari activision there's like an arcade cabinet just like laying out in the wild well they got like a little tent in part of the map there and that little okay. base thing and you can pay it's like 10 credits or something and you get credits 
easy on there. So you just pay 10 credits and you can play one of the games. And there's quite a few on there. I think there's probably about 20 or 30 on there. So that's kind of neat. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like, what was it? Black Ops 2 or Black Ops where you get out of the chair. You can play like Zork and that arcade mode. That was pretty neat. Yeah. What was that? In, was that in Black Ops? I think it was in Black Ops, the first one, right? Because you like wait, you open the title screen with you being strapped into that chair. Yeah, it probably was. And then if you wiggled your way out, and I'm pretty sure it was the first one. Yeah, I remember playing that it. That was really That's cool. Kind of a cool feature, yeah. But yeah, as far as gameplay, it plays really well, as long as you can get into a game and stay in a game. Um, the first few days, it was hard to join a game at a party, but it's probably been the worst launch of a Call of Duty I've seen as far as server wise, but I think it's all because of that social area added gameplay. It's fun. Multiplayer is mostly par for the course. I'd assume. Yeah. It's typical, um, you know, call of duty. You got this one kind of shitty though. Cause they only did nine maps to start with. I think it is where normally you have like 15. So it's really repetitive and you're playing the same map a lot, but they did add game mode uh, war. It, they had it in prior games too, but basically it's like a objective. It's kind of like Overwatch where you have to secure something and then advance it. Basically like that. It's pretty fun. And I suppose they took it back to basics too, right? Because there's no like weird wall running. Yeah, no, it's, it's boots on the ground or... and weapons that are real, not lasers and so what are like the, the cool like kill streak bonus or items in this one then? The kill streaks are actually kind of shitty. <laughs> um you got the typical like uh bomber that goes over and just bombs like a path. Uh care package UAV and stuff like that. Just typical stuff. I haven't seen um like normally you have like a helicopter that'll fly in and just gun people down. I haven't seen that on there. Um but they have like a fighter pilot where you make a pass through controlling the guns. Was there like helicopters used in battle, like in world war two? Probably not, which I don't know if that's what they're focusing on. Not doing that, but like, um, what world at war, they had helicopters in that. I think like that same time frame, wasn't it? No. Yeah. I never played that one, but that I thought that was set at the same, same time frame. but either way, um, you don't typically see, or I haven't too many high kill streaks. It's usually like UAV people run and then care package. Maybe it's because I'm not good and I get put in shitty lobbies, but that's okay though. It's not fun when a game is so, you know, when you get in those matches, I mean, I just think back to like some of those other color duties where it's just nothing but kill streak after kill streak. And it just sucks. I remember on black ops one, was it you get the chopper gun and the attack dogs. Yep. Every game I would. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, then, like, think of, like, I just remember Modern Warfare 2. Like, if there wasn't an Apache in the sky, it was, like, amazing. <laughs> like, there's always a freaking helicopter. Yeah, Modern Warfare 2, it was Harrier and then Pavlo or whatever. Yeah. Both those two would just destroy it, but. <clears throat> they got zombies now, too. Like, zombies is every year now, right? It's not just exclusive to Treyarch or. Yeah, I think it's pretty much every year now. Um, I haven't played the zombies yet. I've. We've talked about playing it, but haven't actually played that yet. But I heard it's pretty good. Yeah, it's usually a good distraction. I don't think I've really got 
into zombies too much. Um, what was it? The last one, Infinite? We played zombies on? Yeah, I liked the zombie mode on that one. It was kind of cool. But, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. Like, there are people that get hardcore into that, but I'm not that. I mean, it's it's fun for a night, maybe, here and there. Yeah. But uh, I've pretty much been stuck to Fortnite, to be honest. Like, I play a little bit of World War II every so often, but Fortnite they end up playing mainly. They just had a big patch this week, didn't they? Yeah, they had a week? couple. Um, the they added uh, a launch pad yesterday, so it's a legendary drop that you randomly find. You can place it down, and then you just jump on it, and basically it launches you up in the air, and you can re-parachute down someplace. Not nearly oh. as high as you would from the bus, but but at the end that would get you in a great position. Yeah, which there's quite a few videos on YouTube already where people use that and the people are building a base and you just use that launch pad and jump past them and then sneak up behind them and shoot them with shotguns. Like it's, it's a good addition. I think once more people get really good with the launch pad, it's going to be very frustrating. But Uh, speaking of videos online that, uh, video you sent me of Fortnite where that guy jumps on that rocket <laughs> flies across the map <laughs> while sniping people and then the rocket drops him off right at their base and he like oh my that was the most insane thing i've ever seen yeah in my i life. saw that one too like that yeah. i don't know how that's possible like how how do you do that <laughs> the best thing about that that um epic gaming or whatever had tweeted that they've tried this in I don't remember how many matches they post. They said, but they tried it in so many matches and could not repeat that. They're like, please, if anybody else does, share a link. We want to see more of this. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. Like it didn't make any sense, and it was awesome. I've actually seen quite a few of those videos now because people are trying to do it, but not nearly as good as that because that like he literally what was it sniped two people on the way up mm-hmm. with the rocket and then just jumped off well, the rocket and- at the base. Yeah, I was going to say, and they made it look so effortless, too. Like, he just casually strolled onto the rocket. Like, everything was super smooth. It was unbelievable. Yeah. That's an awesome moment in gaming, that's for sure. Mind-blowing. And they had to have done it on purpose. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I would have expected it would have blown up as soon as you touched it, but apparently not. Yeah. Well, I suppose somebody tested it somewhere, and then people go nuts. Just crazy. All right, so now it's time for the recurring segment of the podcast, Buy, Rent, Burn, where we all pick a game, we bring it to the table, uh, we all play through them separately, and then we, uh, I guess, talk about the games and decide which, personally, of those three games we would buy, rent, or burn, if given the opportunity. Uh, The games this week, Andy has brought Cool Spot for the Sega Genesis. This was released in 1994. Justin has gone with Animaniacs. 
for the Sega Genesis, uh, released in 1994 as well. And I have gone with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, the Game Boy Advance edition, uh, and that was released in 2001. Uh, so we'll start back off, off at the top, I guess. Andy, why don't you tell us a little bit about Cool Spot? Yeah, uh, Cool Spot is the coolest game out of those. So uh, it might not work in Byron Burn, but if we're talking cool, coolness factor, it's already got the top spot. Well, yeah, if you put cool in the title, it's obviously the coolest game here. Right. Has to. Right. I mean, if you guys would have brought like Cool World or uh, Chester <laughs> Cheetah's Too Cool to Fool, like then we would have had a, a real battle here. Competition. Right. But I win the coolness factor. Um, but Cool Spot, if you are, let's say, what, younger than 20? Oh, boy, you might even have to go further back or further up. Yeah, probably 25 at this point, at least. Yeah, yeah I would say probably 25 because yeah. I've asked. I was talking to a couple of people and they were 23 and 24 and they had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're, if you're younger than 25, you have no idea what uh, spot is. And this he was a character for seven up the soda and he was just a cool guy. I mean, he's he's basically a red dot with, you know, sweet sneakers uh awesome sunglasses and just has a you know a cool attitude about him and some mickey mouse hands right yep Those i mean straight mickey mouse hands. <laughs> that's that's very true yeah but i mean it just it just screams coolness just like seven up so it's interesting too like i think that's my favorite part about your pick is like i didn't really think about it but at the time that cool spot was a thing like if you wanted a clear carbonated soda, like you drank seven up there. was there wasn't Sprite, right? Right. And there wasn't Sierra mist. So like literally it was seven up. Like it's so bizarre to think about. And now nobody drinks seven up. I mean, it's still around, but I don't yeah. even think they, they don't really advertise. Do they? I don't think. No. And like cool spot uh. was everywhere. Like that advertising campaign, like it was such a big pop <laughs> or soda, depending on where you live. <laughs> in the country or world yeah so yeah they made a game out of them because why not if you have a character like that you can't just contain them into commercials for a soda company you gotta make a game out of it um gotta yeah and this game has fits in right with that uh group of mid-90s games with characters with attitude and cool spot definitely fits that bill uh he Shoots projectiles. I think they're little bubbles. I would say. I'm th- not. I, sure. That was my assumption. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost like he he just like snaps points, kind of like that cool guy. How they like point at somebody but snap at the same time. Like yeah, he just shoots bubbles out just like that. That's and the, I mean he's got a strut to him when he's walking down that down these levels. Like you just cannot match other than the Animaniacs, which also have that exact same strut. But <laughs> same animation. <laughs> uh, but overall, I will say this game is not that great. There's a lot of enemies that are very poorly p- placed. And oh, the worst thing about this whole game is how the camera uh, oh, yes. reacts to how you are moving in this game. Like, it's almost like it's a second behind or something. So you go up and hit 
it, it like never keeps you in the middle of the screen. It seems like it's just like keeping you on the edges and like sort of like adjusting as you go a little bit. And it's super frustrating to be able to see things around you, to be able to make really uh, precise platforming, especially at the the very first level. There's if you go up on the seven up bottle, there's like a bunch of balloons that you can go on and it's pretty precise uh, platforming right off the bat. And it was really tough because like, like halfway through your jumps, you feel like you do like a, like a somersault, but also like speed up a little bit too. And that makes the camera all wonky too. Yeah. It, it is not a good platforming game in the slightest, but, uh, when I was younger, I know I rented this at least five times. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I played those games a lot. I played the one in the game boy constantly and, but yeah, it is not not good. It looks good visually. I think like the the worlds and stuff are pretty cool and the enemies, but it doesn't really fit with the like. It, it feels like one of those games that like well, Virgin made this. They made they seem to make like every tie in platformer game back then. Um, and I think like it feels very much like a game that they were just building, and then they acquired a license and slapped it on top of. I mean, it really doesn't make any, I mean, not that there's a context for a soda pop mascot, like he doesn't have a world that he should exist in so much, but it's still just strange. All of it. I mean, you open up on a beach level and then you go to a dock and all of it's miserable. Yeah. And yeah, the enemy placements, like you said, like, cause you can really, you can only shoot in four directions down, up, left, right, but then they'll put you on like this 45 degree slope where you're walking down and enemies are running up at you leaving you no way you to hit that you can shoot at an angle yeah i think pretty so. sure oh, i i was never able to pull it off it's yeah, yeah it's annoying but you i think oh, you can because i did it a couple times i'm pretty I sure i resorted to jumping was... over them and shooting down but then the camera screwed you because the camera sucks but i wish i'd have known you could do angles i didn't even think to try it it was easier for the the guys with the shells because you could get them from like underneath sometimes and take them out right away instead of having to shoot them a bunch. Huh. It's two shots from underneath, but I, I, I think the game, like as far as transitioning from like, just for example, the first level of the beach, like how easy it was to just climb up the, the chair and whatnot, like where other games I've played, like it's annoying to try to get the next, like the angled stairs or stuff like that environment burns here this one just transitioned and you'd walk right up the angles and sometimes when you didn't want him to he would try to but <laughs> it, it felt like it was reasonably smooth for that but gameplay wise it's kind of frustrating yeah it's probably better than it has any right to be from a platformer perspective considering it's a licensed soda pop character game but yeah i mean it's I better than pepsi man and coke invaders that's true. Coke Invaders? I think that's what it was called. That's a game? Interesting. It was like an old Atari Space Invaders clone. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. It was... I'll give it an okay. I mean, I, as a kid, I definitely would have played the hell out of this and rented it, but as an adult, I think I have other games I'd rather put in. I wish I could walk like that, though. Down the street, just like flinging my arms like that and... Kind of reminds me of like, uh, you ever watch like Weekend at Bernie's too, where he like gets revived by the music and like his corpse <laughs> yeah. starts walking. He's like all leaned back, just like flopping his arms. <laughs> a little bit like that. 
<laughs> so how about uh animaniacs justin yeah um animaniacs i mainly picked it just because of the cartoon um and how much i enjoyed that um as a kid the the game i played for i, I think i played the super nintendo version though and i don't think that got nearly as good of reviews as the genesis version I remember correctly, but either way, uh, the Genesis one is the one I picked and I, I feel like it, an interesting game cause each character has, you know, different, uh, moves that help you get through the, the levels. And, um, I believe at some point too, you can use their, like they can team up and do like a power move or something. Um, I don't, think i got far enough but i'm pretty sure that that was one of the things that happened too that they could team up and do like some super move somehow but um overall it's a you know side-scrolling platformer game but puzzle in there a little bit i suppose too i would say yeah i think it's cool how they focus very heavily on like the puzzle uh mechanic and then figuring out which of the three characters you need to use in that situation since you get to control all yeah. three, I think that's a really cool addition. Yeah, and you need to swap out quite often because you get the different enemy, well, different uh, platforms and stuff that activate by certain people. So yeah, like that robot, you have to pound them to drop them down and stuff. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble with the water with the boat. Yeah, that boat why. was tricky. It is kind of fun getting to beat an elephant with a mallet, though. <laughs> Yeah, he was in the way. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, this Animaniacs, again, maybe if you're under 25 or if you're 25 and under, you've never seen that show, but that's probably one of the greatest after school cartoons ever. Um, I loved that show. And yeah, I think the game perfectly captures the spirit of the show. They bring in like all the side characters and Pinky and the Brain are in there. I mean, all sorts of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved the art style. They just kind of nailed it. Um, it's it's kind of it's cool. Like I, I like the way that they put the puzzle elements in, and like you really have to think about which character you're going to use, and you know play it smart. Um, it kind of slows the game down. I mean, it's a much slower paced game than any other you know just straight platformer would be. Um, my only real complaint was that uh, they put some cheap stuff in there. Like there's certain things that kill you or set you back in a way that the only way you would know them or, or know that is to just blindly run into it and then memorize it for later, uh, which isn't, I mean, it's, it's interesting when it happens the first time, but that's not great game design overall. Um, so some of that stuff kind of irritated me. And then I think that like, it would be a pretty challenging game back in the day before, like I was using the retron so I could save state, but if you can't save state, and you had to just play these levels straight through and it was your first go, you're probably not getting through it um, without having a game over screen. Uh, just because, I mean, again, there's so much trial and error. It's it's a lot to, you know, just try to interpret. I mean, you kind of have to play through the levels and figure everything out before you could do it smoothly, I think, in one long run. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does have a password system, but that is probably the beginning of the level, which... It's easy to burn through three lives on a level too. Say the continue, like they don't have limited continues either, do they? I don't know. I, I mean, again, I save stated, so I didn't look. I continued a lot, but yeah. I mean, 
it's hard to fault a game of that era for something like that though because that's how all games were back then i mean you just you you learned as you failed i mean i guess i probably wouldn't have thought anything of it but you know in looking at it now you're like wow that would kind of suck this would take a lot of repeated attempts to get through these and i didn't realize that like because you get so after that opening sequence you get to choose your stages one through four and i don't know if that's ranked on difficulty but i didn't realize in the opening i went straight to four and i assume it was probably harder than everything else um i I, I completed that um and then i was like oh i went to the fourth stage right away that probably explained a lot because then i went back to one and one maybe it was just me and i'd gotten used to the game at this point so it seemed easier but i played through one a lot quicker than i did i don't think i did four i did one through three i think it was for me the most impressive thing is like this game looks really good especially for a genesis it looks really good you know limited colors and everything like that and it like nails the character like it the cartoon it doesn't look off model of the cartoon like none of it yeah which is pretty impressive. It's a great translation. And then like even the opening like skits and text, like just totally nailed the the puns and the humor of the show itself too. It's a great representation of the brand. Yeah, for sure. The only thing uh for me the trial and error same thing. But even like the puzzles seem like a little bit trial and error. So a lot of things that dot needed to basically like kiss. Right. Like it wouldn't like immediately pop into my head be like well that obviously i need to kiss this you know yeah yeah dot was always like that well nothing else worked i guess i'll try this sort of option and then it did yeah 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 especially on well, the first level they get the bird i think it's the first level where the birds on this like swinging thing like that one i took me a long time on that one yeah for that one you think you would use like the paddle ball you know to knock yeah. it away I, that fourth level boss it's horror themed um and you fight dracula and like that was so tedious because you have to i think it's like six hits basically dracula appears in one of four spots on screen and then diagonally there's a button that hits a you hit the button with the mallet with wacko is it wacko yeah well, wacko is the yep yeah yep. and then it drops the floor so like if basically the objective was you had to drop the floor from underneath Dracula to like make him take a fall. But then in order to do that, because he would move, if you just try to do that straight, you had to kiss with dot then like cycle through Yakko to Wacko and still avoid like fireballs and get up to the platform to hit the button. It was such a freaking chore. Like, man, that was wow. a brutal battle. I bet I, I safe stated that like several times and it took me probably a good half hour to get through that. I kind of hate to admit, but yeah, that was like such a weird combination that you had to pull off and just, and her like kissing stuff wasn't the pattern of that. Like where it floated was a little wonky sometimes, like, you know, depending on where you hit it mid jump. So it was, it was super tedious, but she really loves Dracula, I guess, or he's got a thing for dot. (laughs) Yeah. Good game though. That was a Konami title too, right? Yeah. Yeah. explains why it looks so good i suppose and then um so i went uh with tony hawk's pro skater 2 again uh for the game boy advance uh so this came out kind of right at the launch i think or very near launch of the game boy advance that was prior to sp it was just the standard original model 
no backlighting. Um, and they really made every effort they could to cram the 3d Tony Hawk games into the Game Boy Advance. Um, and for the most part, they succeeded. Uh, the, the combo system, the controls, the moves, none of that was sacrificed. That's all intact in the game. Um, what hampers it a bit though, is they tried to do uh, a 3d game or a pseudo 3d game on the Game Boy Advance. Um, now there are, you know, quite a few games that tried this uh, 3D modeling on the Game Boy Advance, uh, but the, the system is is limited, right? I mean, it's just kind of a souped-up Super Nintendo, more or less. So it doesn't do it particularly well. So with Tony Hawk, they gave it this weird isometric uh, view, which really kind of makes it difficult when you're trying to navigate the level to do runs or complete certain objectives. It also makes it difficult to uh, fully nail landings, especially if you're spinning it all in the air. I mean, you get a you get a dot uh, for your shadow, so you kind of know where you're coming down. Um, but I think that makes it a little tough. And then they also tried their best to cram in, you know, another iconic piece of the Tony Hawk series, and that's the soundtrack. Obviously, there's no licensed music um, or full like backing tracks like there are on the console games. But they tried to do like MIDI soundtracks and they're just kind of not the best song. Some of them are super obnoxious in fact. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it is Tony Hawk too. They've got all the level objectives, the hidden areas, the secret areas, um, the gameplay. Once you wrap your head around um, the slightly different view, it's a mostly enjoyable experience, but you know, playing it now again, this, I had this game. This was my very first game on the game boy advance. Um, playing it now again, like it's a little rough to go back to um, because of that isometric view and your limited view of the the courses or areas to skate in general. Um, there's a lot of um, environmental falls and you know camera issue falls that happen because of that. But um, still, uh, to me overall, it's technically amazing, um, super impressive that it was ported in this condition uh, to the the humble Game Boy Advance, I guess. Yeah, I I was very impressed with how much of that game is actually true to life in that cartridge. You know, how how big they could fit onto that cartridge is it blows my mind that they were able to do that. Um I also love like how the controller setup is in that game where in, you know, most of the Tony Hawks then was square was kickflip, you know, circle was a uh, grab in on a PS2 or a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on here, it, the shoulder buttons are those. Yeah. Because the Game Boy Advance was two buttons short of, you know, it was a two button system instead of a four button, like everything else that Tony Hawk was on. Right. And I, I thought that almost felt more natural. Yeah. I'd agree. I was, I was getting, I was able to do that, you know, combos a lot easier that way. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I played this on a, retro pie so i blew it up to a you know actually like a tv monitor <laughs> so it looked and, beautiful is what you're saying oh i actually like so the menus and stuff like that were absolute garbage like barely readable but once you got into actual gameplay i kind of dug it it was like like a really high res version of of pixel art of something that looked like melted or something but i really liked it <laughs> Uh, nice. I was totally into that. Um, but yeah, I, 
the the only downside like you said to me was uh, obviously the music and you know the game boy advance kind of had a bad sound system to begin with and uh not being able to really make yourself aware of where you are 100 percent of the time in a 3d space like that is tricky if you really want to uh nail tricks like this perfectly um but if you're just like cruising around and you're not really worried about too much of that stuff it's i'm i really like this game yeah i, I played it on RetroPie also um so i had it blown up and it looked like garbage in the menus <laughs> um and the, the gameplay it felt like a tony hawk game should as far as how it plays my biggest issue is the camera angle um it's been so long since i've played this game that i don't remember the stuff that's on the, on the floor and everywhere everything is at so i was hitting everything falling over on everything um i think if i played it and actually enough like i i just played it on free mode on the first like the warehouse one or the hanger. whatever the free mode free skate or whatever it is yeah the hanger and uh so i was falling over on everything running into walls and once I finally got the hang of the camera angle, it was a little bit more fun. Um, I just, I feel playing it on PlayStation and then from what I remember, cause I never played Game Boy Advance, anything on there. I don't believe at least, but um, I'm not really much for handhelds, but the gameplay is really solid. It's, it's a Tony Hawk game. You can tell that. Um, the only issue is the camera angle. And if you can get past that, um, like Ryan said, it's a great game. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, we've, we've recapped, I guess, each of our games. I suppose it's time to get a verdict. Um, decide which one we would buy, rent, or burn. I guess we'll go back up to the top. Andy, why don't you kick it off? Yeah. Uh, this one was kind of tough this week, at least in between two of them. Um <laughs> For my buy, I'm going to go with Tony Hawk. Uh, I I had not really played that much of the Game Boy version in the past. Um, and I don't think I played this one, maybe a later one. I think they did three or four probably after that. Once, you, once they built it, I'm sure they did it, all of them. But yeah, I was really impressed with it. And it just gave you just enough of a difference from what the playstation ones are to keep it really interesting for me um i i felt like i was really getting the hang of the the controls and wasn't really crashing too much by the time i was done playing it um so yeah i would take that on the go and play with that a lot more um for my rent i'm gonna go with animaniacs that game is a lot of fun for uh kind of how slow it is like you were saying it is pretty interesting how slow of a platformer that game is when if you were to look at the the packaging you probably would not have guessed that out of that game to have those type of mechanics so for how it nails the cartoon aspect of it has all the characters that you love in that in that show and you know having interest mechanics it's a solid game for sure um and my burn is going to be the game i brought cool spot and that's only because 
he's too cool to actual actually win contests like this. He wouldn't be seen uh, messing around with these other kitty games. Cool spot's got no time for us. <laughs> no, that's a. Uh, if that if they would have fixed the camera in there and like the motion to match up with where you are, so you could see stuff, that game would be infinitely better. But yeah, I don't know what they were thinking with that. I agree with that. That would help out quite a bit for that game. Sure. How about you, Justin? Um, well, this one was, like you said, it was tough between two games. Um, honestly, somebody waited until the last minute. I really wanted to find a way to burn <laughs> Ryan's game, but here I thought you were struggling to like decide which one you, cause you weren't sure. And then you're just trying to trying to burn another game. Oh no, I, I know which one I'm picking, but I, I just, I really wanted to find a way to burn your game, but just, just because of what it is, Tony Hawk, um, just how great Tony Hawk games are. Well, for the most part, some of them are pretty bad later on, but, um, as far as how good these games are, I'm going to go with my bias, Tony Hawk. Um, my rent is going to be Animaniacs. Um, I, I just, I don't think Animaniacs has the replayability as Tony Hawk would. So that's why that's my buy or my rent. I mean, and then my burn is going to be cool spot. Um, it's a decent game. Uh, like Andy said, the camera angle is terrible, especially when you're trying to do the, the jumping between platforms or balloons or whatever. It's so tough to know what, you're supposed to jump to next. So that camera angle is terrible or that camera movement is terrible on that. So that's going to be my burn. All right. Gosh, I'm starting to get like a hive mind. Like I just want to jump on board with you guys. Cause I went a slightly different route, but I think I'm going to keep, keep mine uh, in the order that I had them. I I'm, I'm actually going to buy animaniacs. Um, I've owned the game for a while and put time into it in the past. But when we got, you know, when it came down to time to play these games and revisit them uh, for Byron and burn, that's the one that I sat down and played the most. I think I probably put a couple, three hours into that. Um, again, I, I, the art style is amazing. Um, it's a show that I love and have a lot of nostalgia for, and <clears throat> it's just really interesting. It's a really interesting puzzler slash platformer. Um, I don't know. I just, I kind of want to go back and like complete the game hundred uh, percent. So that's, that's why I'm going to buy that one. Um, I'll rent Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk's pro skater two for the GBA. Uh, I think this is an excellent game um, for what it is on the game boy. And actually I played probably dozens and dozens of hours on this um, back in the day with when I had a game boy advance. Um, but <clears throat> Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk's pro skater two, for the PlayStation slash Dreamcast, either version um, is my favorite Tony Hawk game of all time. And I just prefer those versions uh, better, I guess. Uh, I'd rather play it on those platforms. So that's why I would just rent this one. Uh, and then I'm going to burn Cool Spot because I don't know. It's just not, it's just a very mediocre uh, platformer, you know, like we talked about. It, it was back in the mascot era, platforming uh, mascot era you know, of the 16 bit generation. Um, and it's just kind of a casualty of that, 
you know, when there's, when there's a million games like this, uh, they can't all be good. And that, that is definitely the case here. As long as we're clear, cool and good are not, they don't have to be on the same plane, right? Right. <laughs> it could be referring to the temperature of spot. Because you want to keep your soda cool. Maybe he isn't that cool. He's got sunglasses. Maybe that was the whole point, was you're supposed to get him to, like, a bucket of ice at the end of the game. You can cool him down. It's too hot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In, in, interesting Byron Burn. I... I genuinely liked um tony hawk and animaniacs a lot so it was it was a tough one for me um a cool spot not so tough i think i within the first 15 minutes of playing that i kind of knew what was where that was going in the list when you're looking for a clean break from your cola routine you don't want to be sucked in by imitations you want the only non-cola that picks up where colas leave off. You want the un-cola, 7-Up. When you want the taste of un, there's only one. Okay, let's talk about some news here. Um, and since our last podcast, pretty much the news has been dominated by a company called Electronic Arts. And not in a very positive way. Uh, Late last last week, uh, news came out that EA was just going to straight up buy Respawn, the uh, developer of the Titanfall series. And uh, it got a lot of negative press because people were very upset about how EA treated that publishment deal or that publishing deal with uh, them in the first place, especially with Titanfall 2 and kind of how they buried it. And uh, how EA kind of runs their business now, they were afraid of how that would uh, dictate how future products like Titanfall 3 or whatever they decide to do next would end up. And uh, on top of that, EA has a really good track record of shutting down successful game studios after buying them. So uh, that doesn't bode well for these uh, these guys. Um, but they got a nice payday. I think it was $400 million or so. So uh, enjoy it while it lasts, I guess. <laughs> I think everybody gets nervous anytime EA buys a, a dev at this point, just because, I mean, has there really been a super successful story in the last five years of that happening or it just hasn't worked out? I just like my big one with them is just that recent news story with that. Um, why, why, can't, why am I spacing on this? We just talked about it at Star Wars. Yeah, the Star Wars. Uh, oh man, what is it? Just talked about. I know, and I'm like blanking. This is a great segment of the podcast. Ryan tries to remember a dev studio. <laughs> the Dead but yeah, Space I mean, guys. it's just like there you go. Just yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. We'll just go with that. The Dead Space team. I mean, that was a huge blow. I think to a lot of like fans of you know their type of games, and I don't know. I just, to me, Titanfall two didn't perform that well um, in general, so. I, yeah gotta almost wonder like are they buying buying it just to scoop up that franchise and you know slowly dismantle this team i'm not sure yeah it's that's rough i mean they ea was decides you know they published titanfall 2 they decide when it goes out and you know and they kind of buried it and i mean the success of that game everybody critically loved it so 
the success, the, you know, the bomb of that game has to be on EA's part. So, I mean, it's kind of genius that they did that and then basically buy them on a low point saying that he didn't perform, you know? So it, so they set him up to purchase them later. Right. You would think that, you know, I mean, money talks, I guess that's still a lot of money. So if you're uh two games yeah. in from your new studio, that's, that's pretty good purchase, I guess. But uh, I guess <laughs> going from there, this, that news all came out before uh star Wars battlefront two, uh, got into the hands of the general public and it's been quite a shit show to say the least. Um, the basic structure of that game is wholly based around loot boxes and spending insane amount of time just to get to be able to play as, you know, the, the heroes of the star Wars universe, the, you know, the Luke Skywalker's Darth Vader's the people that you actually want to play as uh, you're talking 40 hours for one character and <laughs> people are very upset. I don't blame them. It, it seems like it's uh, corporate America going wild, hitting the game space and uh, the ga- game gamer arena is kind of fighting back. It, they kind of posted this on, Reddit and their community team manager or one of their community team members uh, basically said, you know, their, their response to this was that they want the gamer to feel uh, accomplished and proud of spending all that time to earn that. And (laughs) that comment is now the most downvoted comment in Reddit history. Uh, So there is a lot of organized attempts now to actively try and push people who aren't in the know about this, uh, to not purchase this game, to fight back, to boycott all that stuff. I guess when you look at in the, the real, you know, world, all Reddit posts have nothing to do with anything. It's not going to change business at all. Really. Um, it's the amount of sales that you're going to get off that game. And if there's no dip in sales and it still meets expectations, like none of this really matters. So it's a little bit worrisome. Um, I feel like this trend is going to continue until, uh, you know, really the sales of a product really show the ineptitude of the design of the game in this regard. And I don't know if we're there yet. What do you guys think? And I feel like um, people shit on EA all the time anyway. But I think this is like one of the biggest cases I've seen where like the internet and then like everyone within like the retro gaming community, meaning like, you know, those forums, YouTube, um, their Twitter accounts, you know, the podcast scene, like everyone in this gaming community. This is the first time I've ever seen like such a united front. Like there's no I've seen no one defend this, um, you know, from from that area. Um, so it's kind of amazing, like how everyone is just finally like enough is enough. But you know, is that is that community far-reaching enough to really impact you know the mainstream um, mentality with purchasing something like this? And I guess we'll find out. I mean, it, the thing is, is the game's going to be out. It's going to be on store shelves on Black Friday, holiday purchasing season. So there's going to be plenty of moms um, and grandmas out there 
who are just going to know that Billy likes Star Wars and this shiny new game is there. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I hope that, you know, the message is clear and um, enough people are finally getting sick of, you know, this behind paywalls or pay additional money to play the game that you paid $60 or more to purchase uh, and play it anyway. But um, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's, <clears throat> you know, we, we've talked about loot boxes in the past and how we feel about that, but this takes, um, this takes it to a whole other ridiculous level um, that I, I hope this isn't where everything starts pushing in the industry because the industry's in trouble if that's the case. Yeah. It's one of these things that um, you got to hope though, that people fall through, follow through with what they're saying. Like don't go in there and completely bash EA for this terrible process they're trying to do and then still buy the game. Right. And that's, that's my fear is that everybody's still going to buy the game that they did, uh, I believe, remove the refund button, though. <laughs> so you have to call to get a refund now <laughs> instead of just push a button. <laughs> oh boy! Nice. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. Is like, are people are people going to follow through on it? Well, enough people care enough to not buy it. Yeah. And I, 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 <laughs> I gotta believe just with the Star Wars license and just like the people who aren't in the know, like it's still going to sell millions of copies i sadly feel it will yeah it'll still be a huge selling game i think but i'm not getting it i have no intention to yeah i guess i'm the same way this wasn't on my radar to begin with so i guess i'm I'm glad i, I don't have money in this bar none it's one of the most the, you know the nicest looking games their engine is crazy good but uh i don't have time to waste that t- amount of time, you know, to basically get nothing. Wasn't there something too that you could just pay, like, <laughs> yeah, outrageous amount, and then unlock it? Yeah. Yeah. So that was like, like the big the, one. The big thing started it all. Yeah, people were complaining because it was like your iconic characters. It was, I think, from what I understand, it was Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader are immediately available uh, for viewing on the character selection screen but they're locked until you've played 40 hours or you can pay like 250 to just open them up off the bat. Wow. <laughs> like, and then they, then they just kind of throw it right in front of you. Like they're there. Like you get to see these cool characters that you, you know, I mean, they're like, it's the carrot, you know, they're dangling it in front of you. It's gross. Is that the point there where, is it 40 hours of actual gameplay or just log in and sit on the main menu for 40 hours? <laughs> gotta assume gameplay i mean you would, you would assume so right which is horrible i mean just think of like this is not a fair comparison but like think of something like rocket league where if you put the time in and you played and won a game with every original car in that game on the playstation you unlocked sweet tooth which was amazing like it was this cool reward for all this time you put into that game but they didn't like hang it in front of you like it was this fun surprise which EA could have totally done with these characters where, okay, you, you know, you're part of the fan base. You're supporting the game. We're going to reward you with this cool nugget that's hidden, but you know, they just throw it out in front of you. Like you can't have this. It's unless you want to pay us just or, money grab. <laughs> right. It's, just, it's a horrible way to present that. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's awful too, because like if, like if somebody had a gun to my head and I had to play this game, 
I'm going to pay the 250 instead of playing 40 hours, you know? Oh, like it just makes got time it makes that. sense, but it's just awful that they do it that way to you know to make that to make that value proposition that rewarding to have to just nickel and dime you like that you know <laughs> right. So I guess they're really pushing hard to be the worst company in America again this year, right? I mean they <laughs> we want to keep that crown. Oh boy, yeah. Yay. You know where you won't find anything EA? Uh, that would be the Game of the Year award nominees from the Game Awards. Uh, EA is nowhere to be found there. Um, because really? I don't think it would be voted. I don't think you're going to see Star Wars Battlefront 2 winning many of these fan favorite awards. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but the games that were announced uh, are as follows. Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, uh, Persona 5, and Horizon. And this is for the game of the year category? All of those yes. are in? Okay. Yes. There's been kind of a backlash of having Battlegrounds on there as it is still an early access game. They claim it's going to be out this year, but that's also, you know, not that could always change, you know? Yeah, I think until everyone's played what in S is in essence, the 1.0 patch is your completed game, right? So how does a, how do you take a game that's not technically done and throw it into game of the year because you haven't played the end product yet? Right. You know what I mean? It's like eating a frozen pizza and putting it up for like pizza of the year, but you didn't cook it. It's not the same thing. The ingredients are there, but it's not it's not done. That's not that's right. not right. I can see the hype behind it as to why it's there, but I agree. It it shouldn't be there until it's an actual released game. And even so, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. I mean, it's a great, it's great gameplay, but it, it's a buggy mess. There's lots of cheating in it right now that they are not able to control. And I mean, it doesn't look that great. I mean, it's not a graphical powerhouse by any means. So <laughs> to sit, next to all these games that have probably been in development for almost five years and, you know, just be like top notch of those genres and, and, uh, platforms. It's, <laughs> it's kind of insulting, I guess. I mean, it, it's tough because you have to classify what a game is just outside of art and all that stuff too. Right. So, but I mean, it's crowning technical achievement is the fact that I can bring a hundred people in and still function. I mean, to me, I mean, and it, and it's all the elements, including the jank, that get people to play it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. Even if this was at the fully released point, I mean, that's that's a weird thing to me because I don't think I've ever seen a case where a game of the year, not that this can't happen or shouldn't happen, has been solely dependent on a multiplayer online only aspect. Yeah, you know what I mean. It seems like game of the year to me is always indicative of a strong single player narrative. Yep. So that, I mean, it'd be, it's so bizarre that this game falls on that list, especially like given its company. I mean, you're going up against Nintendo titles, like arguably some of the most polished and shiny games you will ever see. And not even arguably like fact, like every game they have is perfection. Like every, there's no glitches. There's no weird stuff. It's polished. It's perfect. It's, 
it's had time and even horizon not that i've played it yet i've heard is at that level too and then yeah like you said you're you're, <laughs> you're bringing a game where they haven't even figured out and patched in how to do like hurdle over stuff yet persona 5 has been 10 years in the making you know <laughs> in development basically what do they base those picks off of is it actual community for that or is it just like player base like I think it's a lot of writers and kind of journalists or something submitting initial votes, but then after that, fans can vote after the after you know the nominees are in there. So this is a public vote then. So in theory, like the ten million people that are playing this, I believe so. Could steamroll everybody? I believe so. Yeah. Oh my god! So they're just taking most popular search names, <laughs> basic writers. Wow! Five search names, games, dumb. Like if that wins, I'll be just disgusted. I, I'm gonna, I'll sell my collection. <laughs> I'll be done. <laughs> you sure you want that in audio? <laughs> Sign it and date well, it. I have my fingers crossed. You can't tell. It's on a video okay. podcast. <laughs> wow, interesting. Well, yeah. when, so when does the award show take place? Uh it's middle of December, I believe. Let's see, and that's on cable, right? Like. I don't even know if it's on cable anymore. I, th- I wonder if it's just streaming. Live stream? Yeah. Okay. You know, most of that stuff. I, I watch it because it's most, a lot of it is a giant commercial of games coming out in the future as well. So, you know, sometimes they have big announcements as well. So Was it last year that they had that like awkward as hell, like Gillette man yes. thing walking around? Yep. Okay. That, yeah, that was a train wreck. Yep. I, yeah. I got to watch that again because that was just bizarre. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then something that just blew the doors off of me. I could not believe it. There was a new Injustice 2 trailer for uh, its expanded characters that they're bringing in through DLC. Uh, two superheroes that I don't really know. I think it's Enchantress and Adam or something like that. And then as they're about to start about to start fighting, a weapon is thrown right in between them. There's a figure with a trench coat on. He whips it off. His three other brothers jumped right next to him, and it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, I'm glad he whipped it off instead of whipped it out. Right. That would have been a much different trailer. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah, that is so weird. Like, when you told me that, I could not believe. I mean, isn't the whole point of Injustice, aside from, like, the like shameless crossover with Mortal Kombat, like, isn't the entire point that it's, like, superhero based i mean in comic based not i guess tmnt started initially as comics but man that doesn't seem like a fit at all kind of superhero i guess i don't know i I don't think it belongs there but yeah i mean i agree with you they're yeah superhero-ish but like so weird to be in that game (laughs) yeah to be able to fight superman or something like that that's just it's it's weird even to wrap your head around well and the problem with the turtles too (laughs) And actually, this is on my mind because I was just Turtles Tournament Fighter with my son earlier tonight, is that it's four characters, but it's kind of still the one character, right? I mean, it's still just a turtle with a different bandana (laughs) and like a a slightly different weapon. Um, So it's kind of strange in a fighting game because like, are you really getting four characters or are you just getting kind of like different palettes of the same? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they'll flesh them out. Is Injustice the one that we share played that one time? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, like Flash and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I just kept doing that super move. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
that I think might be the most interesting part of that is just the, what their super will be. That I would be curious in checking out. I'll probably have to watch some videos. Yep. Yeah, I would definitely want to see that too. But then you were saying too, they've also done like some other strange crossover stuff. Like they did um, like horror themed people or, or am I getting that confused with? That Killer might be Instance. Mortal Kombat. I'm, Mortal Kombat. you know, there cause you they're both the same developer, but right. I, I want to, I want to say that between one of either Injustice or that, they, yeah, they did like Freddy Krueger and. Yeah, you know, it was Mortal Kombat now that you mention it. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, on a really dumb note as well in fighting games, uh, the main character from the last Final Fantasy is going to be in Tekken, which is kind of weird, but it doesn't surprise me at all. So. They just need to dust off air guys and bring a sequel out for that. Yeah. Get cloud. Get all back the final there. fantasy people. Yeah. Fight Marth. <laughs> yeah. Or Marth is uh, sorry, not Marth. Uh, I can't. Yeah. You can tell how well first I am in RPGs. And... I'm pretty sure Nintendo would definitely license out that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They're known for that, right? Speaking of Nintendo licensing, uh, I'm pretty sure th- there was a quote from Miyamoto s- saying that, after the original Super Mario Brothers movie, they would never touch movies again for how epically fail that movie was. Uh, and the story came out that they're looking into making an animated Mario movie from the studio that does Minions. And my Ooh, eyes Dreamworks? rolled back in my yeah, DreamWorks. Yeah. My eyes kind of rolled in the back of my head there a little bit. They couldn't hook it up with like Pixar Disney. That that wasn't doable. <laughs> Is he going to be a plumber in this one? He's not a plumber <laughs> anymore, man. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm worried about because I mean, they're going to take characters like that and make them have characteristics that aren't, haven't ever been showed in a game and make it more, you know, humorous, I guess. If they ever went around to making this movie, I guess. So what else? So DreamWorks has done minions. They've done Shrek. Obviously, which people love. I hate Shrek. I hate all those <laughs> Shrek so much. But what else have they done? They've done like Turbo. Was that DreamWorks? Yeah, there's there's quite of like one off ones, but yeah, there's like the Dra- How to Train Your Dragon series. I mean, they they've genuinely done some amazing films, but I mean, that's all source material that they've invented, and you know, they shape those worlds. Like the problem with I can see with them is like you said, like they're just gonna force things on these characters that just don't make sense. Right. I mean, you look at something like, I mean, the, the recent Mario and Rabbids game has a lot of humor in it, but it's, it's a lot of the Mario characters just finding themselves in the humor of the Rabbids area where the real humor and the character is in the rabbit side where the Mario stuff is just, they're kind of silent and they're just kind of like, Oh, this is weird. Or, you know, well, let's be honest too. Like Ubisoft and the Rabbids, those are minions. I mean, oh yeah, right, pretty yeah. much. I don't know. It just seems like Disney would have been the better route to go because, like, you know, the wholesome fairy tale, family friendly stuff. Like that's kind of what Nintendo's gone for. Yeah. If you're gonna work with somebody, that's who owns DreamWorks though. Is DreamWorks Universal? Because they've already got the partnership with the theme park. Is that how that connection works? Yeah, that's a good. Uh... Good call. Yeah, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. So yeah, then they're in the theme parks as well. 
they need to do it though. I mean, the whole thing with Nintendo, Nintendo is like they were so far off base with like brand recognition and stuff through the end of the Wii and the Wii U era that really, if you're going to cultivate your next generation of gamers, you've got to start that recognition early on. And like, what better way to do that than an animated movie that's yep. successful? Or I mean, it gets your name out there more. I mean, granted, they don't have that problem now with the Switch currently in the state that it's been, but I don't know. They kind of need to go for it. Yeah. I mean, it can't possibly be worse than the last. One. So. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I Hopefully they have some characters from that movie. So it's like a direct sequel. But yeah. Look at your right. Yeah. It's kind of like the whole Bubsy thing. Like that new Bubsy game. I, I beat it. Like it's a crappy game, but like it's arguably the best Bubsy game. So they kind of won. Right. I mean, that's kind of the position this will be in. Yeah. Just adding the new technology already puts it above, right? Right. Yeah. Who knows if that'll ever get made? I mean, movies live and die like that all the time. You know, you hear about stuff and then they never come out. So we'll yeah. see. Um, but we got a weird band system coming into Overwatch. Justin, you were just telling us a little bit, and it seems absolutely crazy that somebody like Blizzard would in- implement something like this, knowing that who their players are and what type of players they are. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, a stupid system from what I've read and seen about it. Um, it sounds like they're mainly focusing people that want to play by themselves to play in not ranked basically um, kind of telling them they don't belong in competitive if they're not in a full group. Um, because what, what it sounds like is if you're playing like if you only play one character or a couple characters and your character doesn't fit with the group that is playing, that group can ultimately report you and you could end up getting banned. Um, I, I think the first offense is like 24 hours or something like that. Um, but I, I just, I don't see how that could possibly work because who's to tell that you're using the wrong character when maybe it's just, I don't know their play style. Like it's just such a stupid situation. It shouldn't have even came to this. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, there's clear, there's some clear classes like, you know, healers and stuff like that, but there's a lot of characters that don't really, aren't really defined by playing your class. Right. But yeah. It's like you could play the, the biggest one that they talked about was Torbjorn, how he doesn't fit with most of competitive play styles. Um, there was a couple others too, but I can't remember what it was, but from what I've seen is mainly Torbjorn, which means I would um, get banned instantly. I only <laughs> play Torbjorn. Well, mostly 99% of the time. And typically, um, we usually do good when Tor- you're there as Torbjorn. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's all about you play it with your other, team, I guess. The other case could be, why can't he report the other people for, playing like retards (laughs) well i mean the whole thing is you're like turning it into a he said she said thing but it's lopsided so basically you're just kind of encouraging or like not but like you're accepting bullying and then rewarding them for doing it so yeah i mean how is that fair and who's ultimately going to determine who's correct and then who gets banned are they going to replay the entire match right like sit there and watch it to confirm that oh yeah he did not support the team plus like again it's 
you know, I've said this in other stuff too. Like, uh, it's kind of like the call of duty. You're a camper thing. Like if you're, if you're adhering to what's laid out in the game world and you're not breaking or modifying it, you're playing within the context of the game. Like that shouldn't be a bannable offense. People might not agree with what you're doing or might, you might not be doing exactly what they want, but you're playing the game. I mean, that's not a reason to boot somebody. And it's not like ultimately, yes, one person not carrying their weight can affect the team quite a bit yeah, for sure. in a game like Overwatch. Um, but it's not like they're killing their own team. Like you, there is no friendly fire. So right. it's, I don't know. I just, I don't see that that's as big of issue. Yeah. It's just surprising that the developers would put a system in there where, you know, you're basically pigeonholing your game to say that, you know, there's only a certain way to play it when you have this wide variety of characters. Well, and like, why not just partition your partition, your competitive mode too, like your matchmaking. Cause there are other games that do that, like good sport, bad sport, you know, depending on your play style and your actions taken in a game, it lobby, it fills your lobby with people like you. So if you're more of a solo player, and you're going into a competitive match and like it knows that it should pair you up with other people that are like that. And then everyone should get along just fine. No, they won't because they'd all fight over one Torbor yarn. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. There are other characters. And then they would just refuse to pick their character. They would just sit there and flash on and off. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Dumb. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's bullying them then to not play competitive and that they have to play just the regular. Yeah. Which is more fun in my opinion anyways, but I was going to say, like I was super pumped for competitive back when like we were really in overwatch and it immediately became not the thing I wanted to go to. And this just kind of makes that even more. So, I mean, if we play competitive, I'm definitely reporting you. <laughs> oh, you have to. <laughs> I mean, what did that guy do? He just sat back there and whacked on a hammer. <laughs> he hit me on a corner hitting his turret. <laughs> yeah. Joking, I don't know he was dead. Does. <laughs> play of the game, you're just laying on the ground dead. I had a lot of dead play of the games <laughs> before they changed that algorithm. No, I, I think it's I think it's bullshit. But agreed. I'm sure it'll get adjusted. Yeah. It's I, Blizzard after all. They'll do the right thing. I, I was surprised when I seen it and coming from Blizzard because they're typically a pretty decent company. So. Nine, eight, nine. Okay, so we're moving on to the topic for this episode. This is one that I'm very excited about because it's, it's an infamous um, game studio from the PlayStation, PlayStation 2 era, and that is 989 Studios. Um, now, for anyone who wasn't around or maybe doesn't remember, um, you first started seeing 989 Studios being slapped on games in, in the PlayStation 1 era. Um, it was a division of Sony Entertainment of America. Um, and I don't know, what would you guys say? I mean, this was maybe like the last half to third of the life of the PlayStation kind of just after it had really taken dominance. Um, I feel like is when you started seeing nine, eight, nine on stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
so they're known for a lot of games. Um, I think anyone who's familiar with, with their label would, would say the first thing that comes to mind is, is sports games. Um, and a lot of them. Um, and then they've also put out some games that I think in general, people would hold in a pretty good regard. And, uh, I guess <laughs> I'm looking mainly at the siphon filter series. Um, they did siphon filter one, two, and three. Um, and I know I enjoyed siphon filter one and two. I don't know about you guys. I never played too much of those. And I think the only one I played was siphon filter two. And that was quite a while after it was released. Um, and I didn't, I didn't get like too far into it or anything, but pretty sure it was just two that I played. Sure. Yeah. I always kind of looked at that series as kind of like, cause the first one came out around the same time as metal gear solid. Um, and I just kind of thought it was like, sort of, it, they're not even really applicable games like genre or genre or gameplay wise. Um, but I always kind of looked at it and they're similar enough, um, in like the espionage aspect. But to me, like Siphon filter was like in my mind, the poor man's metal gear. It's kind of how I always looked at it. Um, the one thing they did do was give you a taser uh, that you could use to uh, electrocute enemies to death. And the animation of that was just amazing. So I would just run around like tasering people any chance I got. That was great. <laughs> I always get siphon filter and splinter cell mixed up for some reason. But Oh, yeah. Well, I could see that. Was siphon filter the one where the guy, he's like, he runs really weird too? Yeah, it's like a sort of like, and then like he kind of leans when you go left and right. It's right, like, like his body yeah. stays upright, but like his <laughs> hips lean back and forth or something like that. Yep. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that, but it is <laughs> it is weird, isn't it? And and that's like that's one thing to note because everything, for the most part, that nine eight nine touched, just there was something not quite right about any of it. Um, even in a game that most people consider good, uh, and this is where my biggest gripe um, comes in with nine eight nine is they ruined a lot of well-regarded PlayStation franchises. Um, so you got the Jet Moto series, uh, one and two. A lot of people loved them. Um, they put out three, 989 did, completely down the crapper. Uh, terrible game. Um, Twisted Metal, everyone loves Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal one and two, huge games. They put out um, Twisted Metal three. They, de- they developed a new engine for it. It is the one and only Twisted Metal game that I'm aware of where it's actually possible to flip your car over and be stuck upside down, which forced them to add a flip car button. Um, That was definitely a much needed addition to Twisted Metal. I think we were looking at review scores earlier, and um, (laughs) I think Twisted Metal 2 ranked on average about uh, 8.5 from critics uh, with Twisted Metal 2 dropping down, or Twisted Metal 3 from 989 cutting that nearly in half. Uh, and then the cool border series, great series. One and two were sort of arcade ish racing, snowboarding games. And nine, eight, nine got involved at the cool borders three mark, um, and going forward. And that initial game, um, at least in game spot anyway, uh, they gave cool borders three at 2.7, um, Which is just, I think it was, I should double check that or someone's going to be like, that's wrong, you idiots. Um, So I'll Google that while we're talking. But I mean, it was so consistently bad that they came in and just destroyed these franchises that you love that 989, I can very clearly remember, it's the first time I really paid attention to publishing and studios and watching for logos on games. 
because I just knew I was going to get burned uh, for the most part if I saw that logo. And I just cringed if a, if a game booted up and that 989 Studios came out at me because uh, I was not in store. You know, nothing good was in store for me, basically. Have you guys had uh, the opportunity to play any of these amazing, amazing 989 games? Yeah, I mean, I like you said, I've played, you know, the later Twisted Metal and later Cool Borders, and they, they're just not good, you know? <laughs> like you said, completely uh, off the rails compared to the original. Um, they did make a couple, like, Running Wild that I have heard positive things about. I have not played too much of it myself, but... And, you know, like, something like Buster Groove is is not really theirs. I think they just published it, right? So I don't know if that really counts as a good game from them. Sure. Uh, that's where it does get a little bit murky because, I mean, a lot of these they did develop themselves and a lot of them they just published. But I could see Sony also saying, like, oh, this game isn't looking too hot. What if we publish it under 989? <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's, yeah, I mean, exactly. So did I say that Cool Borders 3 got the 2.7, or was I talking about Twisted Metal? Cool Borders 3. Okay, yeah, so I was wrong. It was Cool Borders 3 got a 4.9, uh, which is not great. It was the uh, Twisted Metal 3, I believe, that dropped down to a 2.7 on GameSpot. I'm going to confirm that now, so I'm not wrong again. But I think I played the Jet Moto and the Twisted Metal one. I probably played a Cool Borders, either three or four. Um, I'm pretty sure it was two that I had at one point, though, and that's the one that I really liked, but that was before they touched it. Man, I'm all I'm so wrong. Twisted Metal 3 was 4.7. So that leaves which... Jet Moto 3 must be a two... Okay, we're going to find this out. Preston. This is, <laughs> this is probably what happens when you don't... Yeah, when you don't... Re- oh, yes, you're right. It was Extreme... NFL Extreme, it was Extreme 3. Or three extreme that dropped down to a two point seven. That's right. Okay. Was it, was oh. it three extreme or NFL extreme? Because you were talking about NFL extreme and blitz. So that's another like that's another notable thing is like they tried to cash in on like the whole craze of blitz and the success of those games. So they invented their own blitz ripoff called NFL Extreme, and that was just I remember playing demos of that. That was such a freaking mess, just disaster of a game, and they made two of them. <laughs> NFL Extreme is actually um, like probably my third PlayStation game that I owned. Oh and my god! Like, Sorry. It, <laughs> I mean, I played it a lot, but it wasn't very good. But I because you it a had lot. to, though. That's that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, remember you... going to a friend's house and they had Blitz. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> go home and play this game. I mean, I I'm guessing that's where the majority of people are going to know 989 like you said is through the insane amount of sports games that they were putting out uh, i mean you just don't see sports games like that anymore where they they were hitting everything nfl ncaa nhl mlb you know every single sport formula one like even racing games yeah and there were, i mean that's I mean, you th- it's weird now because the landscape has changed a little bit there aren't as many uh, annualized sports franchises, but like back then there was like probably what f- four different basketball games a year, like three different um, major league baseball franchises going. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And these guys just contributed to that whole like sea of 
<laughs> sea of like overload of sports yeah. games. The amazing collectible stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The pride in anyone's collection. Sports yeah, games. Subset complete. <laughs> For the PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the one game that I laughed at quite a bit was uh Game Day two thousand. Um there was a game that I had just put it on the easiest, just run up score. And I, I think it was like two hundred and fifty six points or something I scored. <laughs> and really they, they scored fifty three. 53 or no 256 and then they scored uh two or they scored 57 points so i had 256 and they had 57 <laughs> and they won because it it reset at 200 so i only had 56 at the end it said <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's one good programming yeah let's not set the integer for three spaces just roll it over <laughs> 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 oh wow they did survive a little bit into the ps2 era right i mean i remember a cool yeah. I, I remember a cool borders game at least yeah they when they got to the ps2 era they switched it over to years since they i suppose to them it made sense because they were annualizing all their other sports franchises and just putting the year behind it so i remember there was like cool borders 2000 and 2001 uh, and then i think it just died after that yeah but looking at their published games, I mean, once you get out of PlayStation 1, they go strictly to sports. Um, well, for the most part, there's a racing game here or there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're looking at games published into 2004, 2005-ish. Um, looks like Gretzky, NHL, 2006. So they had quite a quite a few games that would have made it into the earlier part of the earlier to mid section of the PlayStation two run, which is kind of crazy. And then the one thing that caught my eye when we were looking, when I was looking at this list of games, like they have a small from the wiki, we found this on, there's a small section of unreleased games. And one of them is Warhawk two, which is kind of the only one that really jumped out at me. Cause that's kind of a notable sequel. Um, Warhawk was an early success on the PlayStation. Uh, a lot of people held that in pretty high regard. Uh, so the fact that they were working on that, presumably at the you know later on in the PlayStation or early PlayStation Two, is kind of impressive because Warhawk didn't see like a, a dusting off until that sort of multiplayer online only reboot on the PlayStation Three. Right. Yeah, they must have thought that it was too valuable of a brand to hand it over to them. Yeah. Yeah, they might have had a little common sense after all. Huh? Yeah. Although what Warhawk became on PlayStation 3 wasn't anything worth talking about, I guess. I think most people bought it because it came with that free headset. Yeah, I bought it because it was on sale. So I, I don't want to alarm you guys, but there was just news this week that Sony has filed a trademark for Siphon Filter. So are we looking at the return of 989 Studios? Oh my gosh. It's the apocalypse, isn't it? <laughs> huh. That's a scary thought. What's Cardinal Sin? Has anyone played this? It's a fighting game, I think. Really? From these guys, I'm sure that was just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is kind of a light topic. It's mostly just 99 Studios was awful. I mean, I just, they're, they're the shining example of like when you could pick out a publisher, buy their logo, and just know you were in for nothing good. LJN and 989 might as well be the same, like they're the same level of filth. 
<laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> 99 is the LJN of the PlayStation era. Yeah, I'd be on board with that. Without a doubt. I mean, they had... <laughs> the thing is, is like... What, so when you're looking at... Jump, you know, like the Jet Moto 3s and like the Twisted Metal 3s and the 3 Extreme. I think 3 Extreme, you're right, Justin. That was the one that got a 2.7. Those games, like the engine that 989 used was so poor. They were ugly. They just, like, I just remember the the textures on the polygons in Jet Moto 3 were just hideous. And like some of the most just disgusting warping uh, I've seen in a PlayStation game. I mean, it's just so bad. Um, and the fact that, you know, Sony allowed them to just take these like back then high profile games and just muddy them up so poorly is just kind of mind blowing. I mean, there's, there's probably a reason you don't see like these games anymore. I mean, there's not been a jet moto game since that one. Um, twisted metal came back, you know, with black, but that franchise was damaged pretty well for the later half of the PlayStation and three extreme. Like that's just, complete and utter trash the extreme series one two three garbage i think was it rally cross two yeah that one's good that one uh, yeah i think and that was pretty good if I remember yeah that is on their game list so they got driving cars down okay in a racing game just not in a car combat game maybe that's what they did was like took the rally two engine and then used that to build the engine for Twisted Metal 3, and that's why it's so terrible. <laughs> I think we're all on the same page that we certainly don't miss them. No. I, I still am traumatized every time I load up a sports game thinking I'm going to hear it. So, Yeah, I was just, I was just going to say, like, even to this day, like, when I'm collecting, like, I just, like, my hand pulls back when I reach out for a game and I see that logo on it. It's just not it's not good it scarred us all for life everyone in, the, in that playstation era growing up and being subjected to that bullshit so i do feel like we have to hint at uh 343 though right yeah i mean that that is our conspiracy theory right is that 343 is comprised of roughly half of 989 studios because it's sort of the same situation yeah at least they waited till the fourth se- sequel to ruin a franchise that's true. Well, they kind of played around with that Halo anniversary. True, yeah. But it's it is kind of funny because it's like almost the same situation. Like they step in halfway through, like well established franchise. Although, I gotta say, Halo Four is actually a really good game. So, it must be like the the better half of Nine Eight Nine that went to Three Four Three. <laughs> but they must have kept some of the morons around because they still haven't figured out how to make the Master Chief Collection work properly. <laughs> That's been released for four years. <laughs> Or three or whatever. Did you do, did you play five? Uh no, because it didn't look good and I wasn't interested. I have it. I have the collector's edition. Never played it. Did you play five? No, I can't play Halo. Yes, I've tried. I get sick. No, I think like the Halo series is more fatigue more than anything, right? Yeah, I'd agree. I would agree. But. You know, I guess we're at the point with 989 where it's like your mom says, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So, right. We better I, just, I guess we got to cut, I guess we got to cut this off. Good riddance. I mean, true. <laughs> uh, so a little bit of a train wreck there in the tail end with their 989 uh, crap extravaganza, but 
we got another episode in the bag, uh, episode 11 of Weekend Rental. Uh, thank you all for listening. And Justin, why don't you take us out? All right. So uh, we do have a website. Uh, feel free to check it out. Weekendpodcast.com. Um, we're on Facebook. You can search us and follow us on there. Uh, Weekend Rental Podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter as well. It's at Weekend Rental PC. Uh, you should be able to search Weekend Rental Podcast and it should come up. Uh, YouTube, we do post little clips uh, broken down of each segment on there. Um, so if you only have a few minutes, you can check it out on there. Uh, subscribe. It's Weekend Rental Podcast. Um, I'm not sure if Ryan checked the email, if we have I anything. I just did. But, um, only um, three dick pics. No no comments. So, Well, we, we, we got to get comments in there too. <laughs> come on, guys. Um, the <laughs> email is uh, Weekend Rental Podcast at gmail.com um, feel free to send anything you like ryan just loves getting emails um, and you can find us on itunes uh, google play and stitcher so make sure to subscribe there um, and as always be kind rewind i want to love Skateboards, bikes, and blades. Three Extremes got everything from kick flips, grinds, and 720s to vicious punches and jams. Studios. <laughs>